Welcome to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM, coming to you from the northern Tablelands of New South Wales. I'm Luke, and on Tableland Explorers, we unpack the truths of the Bible and adapt them to our lives. Today we are back in the studio for another study, and we have April and Brianna joining us for our study today. And it's been a while since last time you were here. So, Brianna, what have you been up to? Um, well, I turned 18 recently. Wow, 18. Well done. So, did you have a birthday party? Yeah. Um, we actually went to the pool and had yeah a pretty big birthday party, invited lots of people. It's yep. pretty fun. Nice. Well, it's always good to have a big 18. There was no yeah. like embarrassing photos that mum and dad brought out. <laughs> no, there was uh, a couple of photos, but no, Not they, too were, bad. they weren't embarrassing. <laughs> oh, that's good. Did you get to like control that? No, we actually made like a big poster and we just printed them all out and then stuck them on the poster. Yep. So you got, you're so. in charge of like making sure what photos went on the poster <laughs> though, hey? No, I was away when mum done it. So. Oh, so she was nice to you. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's always good. I was lucky when I turned 18 and 21, I did all the photos. So <laughs> I was in control of all the photos that everyone was seeing. I actually liked her um, her Facebook photos a lot oh, better. No. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did actually see those that you posted. Mm-hmm. They were pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were definitely some embarrassing ones there. <laughs> so nice. So April, how, how have you been? Yeah, good. Um, we got back from summer camp a yep. few weeks ago, or a week ago, not a few weeks ago. Um, it was pretty good. We had a good time. And um, actually, I got to meet some people that are going to Arise as well, which was really cool. Oh, nice. Um, That's coming out close, isn't it? Yeah, leaving next week. So. Next week. Oh, yeah. you're going to have an absolute ball. Yeah, so how many good. people at summer camp are actually going up to Arise? Um, three that I met. There, yep. could, there could be more. I'm not sure. Yep, so there was yeah. the three that you met. That was pretty yeah. cool. You're going to love it. I loved it. So you're all going to have an absolute blast. Yeah, it'll be good. <laughs> what about you, Luke? What's been going on lately for you? Well, I too was at um, summer camp. I spent a week there, which was really cool, at junior camp. Last week, um, me and a friend had to go down to the Pathfinder Camp Resite um, to Ooh. be able to have a look at where we're going to be running one of the activities. So the Pathfinder Camp next year in January 2023 – which will be in Tumbarumba. So we had to drive down there. So that was five hours to a mate's place and then three hours to the place we're staying and mm-hmm. four hours to the to the camp resite. So we did a lot of driving over a couple of days. But I think, you know, were you girls at the last camp re down in Molesworth? Yep. yep. Yeah, you know how everything was like so spread out. Um, oh, well, this yeah, this yeah. one's going to yeah. be a little bit more closer together. Uh, okay. okay. So not a lot of walking, not like last time. We were in like the whole back corner and we just <laughs> had to walk for miles every day. Yeah. So, Brianna, you came in to the studio today with some pretty exciting news and you had a grin from ear to ear. Would yeah. you like to tell us why you're so happy? Well, I got my pea plates today. Oh, excellent. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Well, there's like, there's actually like a, a really cool, um, story behind it. Um, so when we were actually booking the test, uh, dad w- was like looking for ages to see if we could get a test before I, I left to go to Avondale. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they were all, all booked like even up like two, two months away. Wow. So, um, yeah, we didn't know if we could get a test in time. 
Um, but one night, like dad had just checked that afternoon if there was any tests coming up, any free spaces and there wasn't, but, um, uh, one night he just felt impressed to go check just once more. So he went to mm. the computer and, um, about like two weeks away from the day he checked, there was a free space in the morning at 10 o'clock. Oh, nice. So it was really cool. Yeah. Um, and then the day before my test, um, we got a call, um, just saying, Oh, is it okay if we move your test from 10 o'clock to nine o'clock in the morning? Yep. Um, and I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, that's, that's fine. I'll do my test at nine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when we got there this morning, um, they had big problems. So they had, um, the roof collapse oh, and, no. um, all this mold spores going everywhere. Yep. So it like, Smelt really bad and everything. <laughs> oh no! So, um, yeah, it wasn't good. Um, but I still got to do my test. Um, I passed, yeah, which was good. Um, and also, um, I was meant to have a different test driver. Um, and he's like, makes you a bit scared. <laughs> oh, okay. He's um, really yeah. tough. He's, he's, really, he's tough. really tough. Yeah, and I was feeling like really nervous i was like oh i don't don't want the the tough guy i want like the nice guy because the, yep. the other guy is a bit, bit, um, more, bit more yeah yeah and yep. makes you feel a bit more comfortable um and yeah then he was like we just heard him when he was walking back inside he's like oh i think i'll just do this one yeah so i was like oh yay we got the good <laughs> the good one so it made me a bit more relaxed as well yep. which was really good um and then when we had finished my driving test, um, we came back and um, it was maybe 15 minutes before 10 o'clock or something, um, but they were actually closing everything oh, wow. because of all like the roof collapse and um, the mould and stuff um, because, yeah, it just wasn't a good environment to for everyone to go into and things. And they're saying, um, yeah, no one else – is coming in today. We're closing. Um, and the girl who swapped for my time, um, going at 10 o'clock, um, she had driven from Sydney because, oh, no. because, um, she couldn't get, get in a driving test down there. Yep. Um, and she missed out. And she missed out. Oh, no. <laughs> It's hard like that because you can go, you know, praise God that, you know, you found that date, um, mm. that time, and then it's switching to that, but then it's sort of unlucky for, for someone people, yeah. someone else. <laughs> but, yeah, I can definitely just see God leading and just opening doors for me. Yeah. yeah. So how's a um, Tuesday morning traffic in <laughs> Armada? Was it okay? It wasn't too bad. wasn't too bad? Yeah, it was pretty yeah. okay. Oh, that's good. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Another driver on the roads. Um, a lot of our guests that have the, the youth in this area that are coming in to record these studies, you know, they're all starting to get their P's and going there. So that's awesome. So yeah. <laughs> praise God it all worked out for you and that went really well. Yep. Last week we started a new Bible study series called The Secrets of Prophecy. And last week's study was all about finding the keys and different interpretations of prophecy. And so this week we're getting right into the Word of God and we're going to be discovering who will control the world. So if you would like to follow along with our Bible study today, you can text SOP2 
no spaces to 04888 80831 for the PDF of this, today's study guide. So text SOP2, no spaces, to 04888 80831. Today we are on study guide number two titled Who Will Control the World? Also, we have an awesome free offer for you today, so stick around to get the code word. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. Here is Shane and Shane with To The Only God. To the only God Who is able to keep us Able to keep us from falling To the only God Be all glory and honor Majesty and power for all ages now and forevermore. Tableland Explorers. Today we're going to go through the Secrets of Prophecy study guides and these study guides are taking us through some of the most amazing prophecies of the Bible. Some of them have already been fulfilled, some of them are being fulfilled right now as we speak and some of them will be fulfilled in the near future. They will also cover some of the most important teachings of the Bible. If you're a keen student of the Bible or just interested in what the Bible says then these studies are for you. If you're just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or the previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Tableland Explorers. Or you can go to the App Store and you can download the Faith FM Australia app. We are about to start our study, so if you would like to follow along with us, then please text SOP2 with no spaces to 04888880831. And our study is titled, Who Will Control the World? All right, so we're going to get into our study now. So let's have a word of prayer. Dear Jesus, please be with us throughout this study. Um, 
please speak through us as we're here in the studio and help our words to be yours. Um, please lead us and guide us and give us wisdom to know what you're trying to tell us in your word. And um, please help it to impact our lives and others. In Jesus' name, amen. As a rampaging Adolf Hitler marched his troops across Europe, Franz Hassel, a German soldier in the elite troops of Pioneer Company 699, boldly told his supervisors that Hitler was doomed to failure. The reason? A cryptic prophecy from the Book of Daniel outlining future world empires, and Germany was not one of them. At the risk of death, Hassel told his leading officer, Captain Meekus, that Germany would never control the world. As Unit 699 drove deep into Russia, Captain Meekus believed what Hassel was saying and carried extra fuel, hoping for a safe retreat. Unfortunately, only seven of the 1,200-man unit arrived home safely. The predictions of the prophet Daniel came true with devastating results. Did you know the book of Daniel was written in the ancient city of Babylon? Many years earlier, Nimrod was the ruler of Babylon, or Babel, as it was known back then. Nimrod was the father of the secret mysteries of nature religions. And these mysteries were passed on through the generations until the time of King Nebuchadnezzar II. Nebuchadnezzar became one of the greatest in history, a military conqueror and a great builder. Among other things, Nebuchadnezzar built the famous Hanging Gardens of Babylon. This amazing structure became one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. Early in his reign, Nebuchadnezzar set out on a military campaign towards Egypt. On the way, he captured the city of Jerusalem, taking captive the best and the brightest of the Jewish nation, including the young prophet Daniel. As a prisoner of war, Daniel remained true to his creator God, despite being trained in all the customs and mysteries of Babylon. You know, something else that's really interesting is that while Daniel was in captivity, God gave him the power to unlock a mysterious dream. This dream revolved around the future world superpowers and the ultimate future for planet Earth. It was the contents of this dream that not only stopped Hitler, but also many other aggressive leaders before him. So, who will control the world in the future? Will it be the United States, Israel, or China? Will it be a religious leader such as the Pope or a united Europe? Will one of the nations of Islam dominate the world? In order to know the future, we must first understand the past. This amazing prophecy that captured the attention of Franz Hassel is found in the second chapter of Daniel. We are going to unlock this prophecy step by step, but we encourage you to read the whole chapter whenever you get a chance. Question number one says, what happened to Nebuchadnezzar one night? Well, we find that in Daniel chapter 2 and verse 1. It says, Now in the second year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams, and his spirit was so troubled that his sleep left him. Now Nebuchadnezzar had a dream that troubled him. As he lay awake at night, he knew that he had dreamt something of great importance, but he couldn't remember the details I mean, I know I've had a dream and woke up the next morning and gone, I can't remember what it was. But have you girls ever had that? 
Yep. And then sometimes you might like see something and it just reminds you of like one part of it. You're like, oh, I dreamt about that, but I don't remember what it was. (laughs) Yep. So the start of our study here, we're seeing that the king of Babylon has had this dream. He knows it is important and he can't remember what it was. All right. So question two is, what did Nebuchadnezzar ask his official secret revealers to do? Um, and seeing that he didn't remember any details of the dream, we'll see what he asked them to do. So in Daniel chapter 2, verse 2 to 4, Then the king gave the command to call the magicians, the astrologers, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans to tell the king his dream. So they came and stood before the king. And the king said to them, I have had a dream, and my spirit is anxious to know the dream. Then the Chaldeans spoke to the king in Aramaic. O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will give the interpretation. Now the wise men had been trained in all the secret knowledge and mysteries of Babylon. As intelligence was mixed with magic and religion, these men were the greatest code breakers in the land. They were used by the king to predict the timing and tactics of enemies, cast spells on behalf of the king, and read the future through studying the stars and the planets. To the wise men of Babylon, the interpretation of a dream was not unusual or difficult. That is, of course, if the king told them what he dreamt in the first place. I mean, I don't know about you, if I told you that I had a dream and I wanted you to tell me what it was, is that possible? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not, and I think these... um people would have been shocked to have that question asked of them. And that actually leads us into our next question. So question three says, could the wise men reveal the secrets and what was the result? So the answer to that we'll find in Daniel chapter 2, verses 6 to 13. And the Bible says, However, if you tell the dream and its interpretation, you shall receive from me gifts, rewards, and great honour, Therefore, tell me the dream and its interpretation. They answered again and said, Let the king tell his servants the dream and we will give its interpretation. The king answered and said, I know for certain that you would gain time because you see that my decision is firm. If you do not make known the dream to me, there is only one decree for you. For you have agreed to speak lying words and corrupt words before me till the time has changed. Therefore, tell me the dream, and I shall know that you can give its interpretation. The Chaldeans answered the king and said, There is not a man on earth who can tell the king's matter. Therefore, no king, lord, or ruler has ever asked such things of any magician, astrologer, or Chaldean. It is a difficult thing that the king requests, and there is no other who can tell the king except the gods, whose dwelling is not with flesh." For this reason, the king was angry and very furious and gave the command to destroy the wise men of Babylon. So the decree went out and they began killing the wise men and they sought Daniel and his companions to kill them. Yeah, and these wise men were accustomed of interpreting dreams, yet all the secret knowledge of Babylon was not sufficient to tell the king the dream that he had forgotten. Mm. How true it was when they said, there was not a man on earth who could interpret it because only a God in heaven, as they were soon to find out, could interpret it. And they've really just kind of given themselves away there when mm, they've said they that have. not a man on earth can do this because 
they are the ones that claim to be asking the gods these questions and they've just said that they can't do it, they're making it up. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how they would have felt after they said that. They've gone, oh, I don't think we should have said that. We've just done ourselves in. Yeah. And it makes sense why the king was so angry too. Like, oh, it does. He yeah. would have been furious because he's just been. they just told him that they've been lying to him. Yeah. So, of course, the king's going to want to kill him. <laughs> it's a bit unfortunate here. The Bible says that then they're going after Daniel and his friends and they're like, they weren't even there. Yeah. Mm, yeah. They were just part of that group that was called the wise men. So. Yeah, that's it. Our next question says, when Daniel heard about the situation, what did he ask the king? The answer to this question can be found in Daniel chapter 2, verses 14 to 16. And the Bible says, Then with counsel and wisdom, Daniel answered Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. He answered and said to Arioch, the king's captain, why is the decree from the king so urgent? Then Arioch made the decision known to Daniel. So Daniel went in and asked the king to give him time, that he might tell the king the interpretation. Although Daniel did not practice witchcraft, he was being trained in the secrets of ancient Babylon and was therefore counted as a wise man. And he too would be put to death with all those who were unable to tell the king his dream. So it's it's no wonder, really, that he was anxious to help the king with the dilemma that he was in. That's true. And Daniel at this time would have been about 17 to 18 years old. Mm. And so to have that courage to go to the king to ask more time was pretty bold as well. Mm, he could have even been killed if he said that. Yep, he could have. It's scary. I guess he was doomed if he did or didn't at that point. Yeah, so, I right? guess. <laughs> like they'll come in and kill him anyways. <laughs> All right, now, question number five says, what was the most important thing that Daniel could do for God to reveal the dream to him? And we're going to read from Daniel 2, verse 17 and 18. Then Daniel went into his house and made the decision known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, that they might seek mercies from the God of heaven concerning his secret, so Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. So what this verse is basically saying is that Daniel and his friends prayed to the God of heaven, asking him to reveal the secret of the dream. And now Daniel knew the power of prayer. And even today, the most important and effective way to gain supernatural help is to pray. So when you need to like unlock mysteries in your life or when you want answers to your questions, or you desire some support and strength to cope with a tough personal decision, Try talking to God in prayer because that's what's really going to help. Mm, it does. And later on in the study, we're going to find out how this actually really did help mm. Daniel and his friends get out of this tricky situation. If you would like to follow along with our Bible study today, you can text SOP2 with no spaces to 04888-80831 for the PDF of today's study guide. So text SOP2, no spaces. Text that to 04888-80831. Today, we are on study guide number two titled, Who Will Control the World? Also, we have an awesome free offer for you today, so stick around to get the code word. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. Here is Keith and Christy Getty with The Perfect Wisdom of God. The perfect wisdom of our God revealed in all 
held together at His command. He knows the mysteries of the seas, the secrets of the stars are His. He guides the planets on their way and turns the earth through another day. Table and Explorers. Today we're going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides. These study guides are taking us through some of the most amazing prophecies of the Bible, and some of them have already been fulfilled, some of them are being fulfilled right now, and some will be fulfilled in the near future. They will also cover some of the most important teachings of the Bible. If you are a keen student of the Bible or just interested in what the Bible says, then these studies are for you. If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Table and Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. 
let's get back to our study. We are on study number two and question six. So question six says, how did God reveal the secret to Daniel? If we look in Daniel chapter two and verse 19, it says, then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. So in Numbers 12, verse 6, it also says that God often reveals his secrets through dreams. Yeah, and evidently, God gave Nebuchadnezzar the initial dream and then revealed the interpretation to Daniel in a subsequent dream. So the Bible says that um, Daniel dreamt um, the interpretation God gave him through a dream. But, like, that means you'd be sleeping. How Mm. would you sleep while there's Hunters like coming to kill you. Why would they let him sleep too? (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, I think we can see the power of God here. How Mm. he was still able to sleep and rest to be able to receive Mm. that dream. God gave him peace. And the verse says that God gave him the dream and the interpretation. Mm. And question seven says, "What did Daniel say about the God of heaven?" This is in response to God revealing the dream to Daniel. And we find this in Daniel chapter 2, verses 20 to 22. And it says, Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and light dwells within him. This passage is clear that Daniel knew the power and authority of God. Mm, and the overall purpose of this whole dream was to reveal the hidden secret that it is God. Yeah, it's not human kings or armies who control the destiny of this planet. Like, it's God. It's mm. only God. So question eight, what did Daniel say the king saw in the dream? And if we go to Daniel 2 verse 31. Uh, Daniel says, You, O king, were watching, and behold, a great image. This image, whose splendor was excellent, stood before you, and its form was awesome. So here in the verse, it basically says, The king dreamt of a giant statue. And this statue stood in front of Nebuchadnezzar and was described by Daniel as awesome. Can you just imagine, like, the king, he's getting so excited. He'd be, mm. like, shouting out, like, that's it, Daniel. That's it. You've got it. Tell me more. Like, keep going. <laughs> you, you would. Like, I'd be sitting on the edge of my seat if this guy in front of me just told me what I had dreamt. Like, that would be crazy. He'd be, like, shocked. Definitely. I think he was definitely really shocked. But he also would have been excited to know what else was in the dream. And that's what we're going to find out right now. So, question nine says... What were the various elements that made up the image? And we have, if we have a look in Daniel chapter 2, verses 32 and 33, it says, The image's head was made of fine gold and its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze. Its legs were of iron and its feet were partly of iron and partly of clay. It is interesting to note that God uses earthly minerals as his basis for this prophecy. Yeah, and did you notice that the value of each material decreases as we um, move down the statue? Yeah, that's pretty cool. And it, it starts off with gold at the top, which is like, you know, precious and symbol of like wealth, and then ends up in a mixture of metal and mud at the bottom. The king also saw a stone in his dream. And question 10 says, what did the stone do to the image 
And what did the stone turn into? And we find that answer in Daniel chapter 2, verses 34 and 35. And the Bible says, You watched while a stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them into pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver and the gold were crushed together and became like chaff from the summer threshing floors. The wind carried them away so that no trace of them was found. And the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. So Daniel told the king that a supernatural rock would hit the image, but not at the golden head, but at its clay-bound feet. And this rock would then take the place of the image and fill the whole earth with its presence and power. So it's a pretty impressive dream, really. Like he's got this great big statue and then is crushed by a rock that's kind of supernatural and then the rock takes the place of the statue, Mm. which is pretty crazy. But it gets even crazier. And after the break, we are going to find out what is even crazier about this dream. Before we go, though, if you would like to follow along with our Bible study today, you can. All you have to do is text SOP2 with no spaces to 0488880831 and you'll be able to download the PDF of today's study guide. So text SOP2 with no spaces to 0488880831. Today we are on study guide number two entitled who will control the world? Also, we've got an f- awesome free offer for you today. So stick around for that and you'll be able to get the code word. You're listening to Tablelands Explorers on Faith FM. Here is the Downing family with King of Babylon. King of Babylon, bow your knees. The writing's on the wall. Your kingdom's days are numbered and it's just about to fall. Your gods of silver, bronze and gold can't save your soul at all. So king, you better sing some praise to heaven. The writing's on the wall, now once in Babylon. A king upon his throne, let wine and foolish pride go to his head. Then there appeared one night A hand by the candlelight And it wrote a note And this is what it said King of Babylon, bow your knees The writing's on the wall Your kingdom's days are numbered And it's just about to fall Your gods of silver, bronze and gold Can't save your soul at all so, King, you better sing some praise to heaven. The writing's on the wall. Well, you're gonna find someday your 
songs worth more than everything you own. King of Babylon, bow your knees. The writing's on the wall. Your kingdom's days are numbered, and it's just about to fall. Your gods of silver, bronze, and gold can't save your soul at all. So, King, you better sing some praise to heaven. The writing's on the wall. Welcome back to Tableland Explorers. We have been going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides, and today we're exploring the Bible to see who will control the world in the future. Will it be a country like the USA, Israel, or China? Will it be a religious leader like the Pope, or is God the one that is ultimately in control of the world? If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Tableland Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. Let's get back to our study. We are on study number two and at question number 11. All right, so now we're going to see what's so crazy about this dream. Um, so what we're going to find out now is what all of this um, different things in the statue and the stone represents. So question 11 is, what does the head of gold represent? So Daniel 2, verse 37 and 38. You, O king, are a king of kings, for the God of heaven has given you a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. And wherever the children of men dwell, or the beasts of the field and the birds of heaven, he has given them into your hand and has made you ruler of them all. You are the head of gold. Nebuchadnezzar represented Babylon, and in verse 39, this indicates that this prophecy is primarily about kingdoms rather than the actual kings. Isaiah had previously described Babylon as the golden city. Um, the precious mineral gold is a perfect symbol for the wealth, power, and superiority of Babylon. Yeah, and part of the reason for that is because Babylon appeared to be impregnable. Like the city walls were 60 metres high mm. and thick enough that they held chariot races on the top. And if that's not like, Impressive enough, the city had a moat around the walls with an equal capacity to the walls themselves. The gates of the city were solid brass, and within the city there seemed to be just limitless resources. Yeah, wow. You know, and it was the Babylonians who first charted out the heavens, mapping out the sun and creating the sundial. It was the Babylonians who discovered the symbol of length, area, and capacity and weight. They divided the day into hours and minutes. They were also gifted in music and the arts, and they were also brilliant at business. 
It wasn't long before the city of Nebuchadnezzar became the commercial center of the region and riches flooded into the city. Babylon was a golden city that appeared to have a golden future. So question 12 says, what did the prophet Isaiah predict would happen to Babylon? If we go in our Bibles to Isaiah chapter 13, verses 19 and 20, and it says, And Babylon, the glory of kingdoms, the beauty of the Chaldeans' pride, will be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. It will never be inhabited, nor will it be settled from generation to generation, nor will the Arabian pitch tents there, nor will the shepherds make their sheepfolds there. What an amazing prediction. Like God predicted that this city of gold would become desolate. And the amazing bit is that this is true to this day. Saddam Hussein of Iraq saw Nebuchadnezzar as his idol and attempted to rebuild the ancient city of Babylon. However, the ancient city is gone, just as the Bible predicted. I know. How cool is that? And did you know Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom ruled the world from 605 to 538 BC? He was the combined forces of the Medes and the Persians that overthrew Babylon in the most amazing circumstances. Over 150 years prior to the fall of Babylon, the prophet Isaiah had predicted that it would be a man by the name of Cyrus who would overthrow the city. That's down in Isaiah 45, verses 1 and 2. And history tells us that's exactly what happened. The Medes and Persians were symbolized by silver. They were possibly not as powerful as Babylon, so they needed to overcome the city through brains rather than sheer strength. Cyrus, the Persian military leader, diverted the water from the river Euphrates, which was running directly through the city of Babylon. Then he marched his army through the riverbed and under the city walls, claiming victory over a complacent and unsuspecting Babylon. Question 13 says, What metal was used to represent the third kingdom, the nation that would take over from Medo-Persia? We find the answer in Daniel chapter 2 and verse 39. And it says, But after you shall arise another kingdom inferior to yours, then another a third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule over all the earth. A man named Alexander the Great led the Greeks to victory over the Medes and the Persians in the Battle of Abella in 331 BC. The Greeks were known for their bronze armor and swift victories. The Jewish historian Josephus documented how Alexander the Great knew his destiny as a result of being shown the prophecies of Daniel. Which leads us into our next question. Question 14. What metal was used to represent the fourth kingdom? If we go to Daniel chapter 2 verse 40, it says, And the fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron, inasmuch as iron breaks into pieces and shatters everything, like iron that crushes that kingdom will break in pieces and crush all the others. And this was fulfilled, like the Iron Monarchy of Rome broke the Greeks in 168 BC. And it was also the Romans who were ruling at the time of Jesus, and this great superpower was dominant for over 600 years. Wow, 600 years is a lot longer than all the other empires. And it was those long legs of time that resulted in much persecution of God's people. It's interesting to note that Rome was never actually conquered. It was broken up into 10 different tribes. So question 15 says, How is the breakup of Rome into modern Europe described in this prophecy? 
So if we go to Daniel chapter 2, verses 41 and 42, it says, Whereas you saw the feet and the toes, partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, yet the strength of iron shall be in it, just as you saw the iron mixed with ceramic clay. And as the toes of the feet were partly of iron and partly of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly fragile. And so instead of another world empire, Rome would be divided into numerous kingdoms symbolized by the ten toes. And interestingly enough, by 476 AD, barbarian tribes had conquered Rome and ten of these tribes eventually became modern Europe. Oh, like an example of that is like the Anglo-Saxons became England and Lombards became Italians and Franks became the nation of France. Wow, it is amazing just how accurate this prophecy has been fulfilled. Right, we're going to learn some more about uh, modern Europe um, and what the Bible says about it after the break. And we also have an awesome free offer for you today. So save this number into your phone, 04888-80831. That's 04888-80831. And wait for the code word that is coming up soon. You're listening to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. Here is Caleb and Kelsey with King of Kings. In the darkness we were waiting Without hope, without light Till from heaven you came running There was mercy in your eyes To fulfill the law and prophets To a virgin came the word From a throne of endless glory To a cradle in the Death. By his blood and in his name 
Welcome back to Tablelands Explorers. We have been going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides, and today we are exploring the Bible to see who will control the world in the future. Will it be a country like the USA, Israel, or China? Will it be a religious leader like the Pope? Or is God the one that is ultimately in control of the world? If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Tableland Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. Let's get back to our study. We are on study number two and question 16. And question 16 says, Would the European Kingdom ever seek to unite and how successful will it be? Well, we find this answer in Daniel chapter 2 and verse 43. And the Bible says, As you saw iron mixed with the ceramic clay, they will mingle with the seed of men, but they would not adhere to one another just as iron does not mix with clay. The nations of Europe will mix together both economically and through intermarriage. However, the Bible predicted they would never become fully united. There will always be separate nations and they will never become a single entity in the same way that the United States, for instance, is a single nation. And this aspect of the prophecy has baffled dictators and military aspirants for hundreds of years. Charlemagne, Napoleon, Kaiser Willem and Hitler have all attempted to unite Europe but failed. Even the European Union is doing its best to unite Europe. However, according to Bible prophecy, deep divisions will remain forever. Some have likened modern Europe to a giant sporting team, individuals coming together in a common cause but always retaining their individuality. So with all that in mind, um, it comes to our next question, question 17. Who will set up the final kingdom? Who will actually control the world? And we find the answer in Daniel 2, verse 44. And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 4, um, it says that the rock was a symbol of Christ. And the Bible predicts that it will be Jesus who will set up his kingdom. Yeah, it will. You know, it's not going to be China. It's not going to be the United States. It's not going to be Israel. You know, there will be a fifth world empire, though, and that empire will be ruled by the king of kings. And the best news of all is that this kingdom of peace will last forever. Mm, Amen. That kind of leads us into our next question, which is question 18. And it says, what will happen to the earthly kingdoms when God sets up his kingdom? So we're going to have a look in Daniel chapter 2. And with verse 44, we're only going to read the second half of the verse. And it says, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms and itself shall stand forever. Actually, I think we should look at verse 45 as well. And it says, Inasmuch as you saw that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it broke in pieces the iron and the bronze and the clay, the silver and the gold, the great God has made known to the king what will come to pass after this. The dream is certain and its interpretation is sure. We have this stone that strikes the statue at its feet, and this indicates that Jesus will come during the time of the divided nations. 
the kingdoms of this world will be destroyed. Yes, they will. And this event could happen at any time. As we look down through human history, we can see that we are living in the time of the toes. Yeah, we are. And, and just as all the previous aspects of the prophecy have been perfectly fulfilled, so it will be that Jesus will come soon and establish his kingdom. Question 19 says, What did Nebuchadnezzar say about Daniel's God when he realized that Daniel could reveal the meaning of his dream? Daniel chapter 2 and verse 47 says, The king answered Daniel and said, Truly your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings, a revealer of secrets, since you could reveal this secret. When Nebuchadnezzar saw that Daniel's God could remember the forgotten, foretell the future, and overall any earthly kingdom, he knew that this was the true God. Yeah, this was a God who both created secrets and revealed them, a God to be loved and worshipped. Yeah, he's a God to be trusted and obeyed, a God who provides hope and certainty in a divided and morally weak world. And it's really cool how King Nebuchadnezzar was even able to acknowledge that. Well, you know what? We have an awesome free offer for you today. So save this number in your phone. 04-888-80831. That's 04-888-80831. And wait for the code word that is coming up soon. You're listening to Table and Explorers on Faith FM. Here is the Lesser Light Collective with The King's Dream. In the ancient land Chaldea, in the mind of a troubled king, Came a dream of power and meaning Yet the dreamer forgot everything But another who dreams of our future Will never forget what he sees So let's believe this dreamer, please The forgetter was Nebuchadnezzar Who called his magicians in But they couldn't see much there And they trembled with fear and chagrin Oh children, remember the spirit Who knows every dream we've dreamed Who tells us we are highly esteemed The king dreams He sees the future Drama 
Tableland Explorers. We have been going through the Secrets of Prophecy Bible Study Guides, and today we have been exploring the Bible to see who will control the world in the future. And we have discovered that God is the one that is ultimately in control of the world. If you are just joining us and would like to catch up on this study or previous studies, you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section and look for Tableland Explorers. Or you can go to your app store and download the Faith FM Australia app. Let's get back to our study. There are three main points that we need to remember uh, from this Bible study. And point number one is God has ultimate control over the world. We are living in the last days of Earth's history. And point three, God's new kingdom will last forever. I think these three points are really key to remember and to know that hey, God is in control and that one day when his kingdom comes, that it is going to last forever. It's very comforting for me mm. to know that. Like That really gives us peace. Like There mm. are so many things that go on in this world that really shouldn't happen because it's yeah. just, you know, you see all the pain and the suffering and then when we think that, you know, ultimately God's in control and he's going to fix this in the future, mm. it just gives us so much peace. Mm. And we see how in the Bible all the prophecies have been fulfilled and like – in today, it's being fulfilled, and um, so we don't need to doubt that God is yep. going to come back and take us 
to heaven with him forever. I think too it's um, probably good for us to explain when we say that God is in control of the world, he's not in control of all the bad things that are happening. Mm. You know, God has given each and every one of us freedom of choice. You know, and if we are choosing to do something bad, God can't ultimately stop that because he's given us the freedom of choice. But we know that one day enough will be enough and God will put a stop to all this pain and suffering that we have in this world. Yeah, that reminds me of a quote that says that everything God does is an act of love, but not everything that happens is an act of God. Mm, Mm. So true. Hey, and this is um, just reminding me of a story um, about an 89-year-old Samuel Scott. Um, And he had been a Christian for 60 years, and he had never heard of the prophecy of Daniel 2. Um, And as he learnt his new and exciting prophecy, his heart beat with excitement and he couldn't wait to get home to tell his family. And just before he left the Bible study, the teacher asked Samuel to read Luke 12, 32. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He was then asked, Samuel, what is your father's good pleasure? He answered, to give me his kingdom. As Samuel realized how much God loved him personally, this old man knelt down and prayed to his heavenly father, thanking God for sharing his kingdom. So what does this story tell us about the relevance of Daniel 2 in our lives today? Well, I really like that story, you know, and there are some people out there that haven't learned about Daniel chapter 2, and we've just gone through that today, and it is absolutely powerful prophecy that shows us that Jesus is coming back and that the Bible can be trusted. I think it's really awesome too how God wants to share this mm. kingdom with us. Like He doesn't want this kingdom to just be him and him by himself. He wants yep. to share that with us and have that special place where we can be with him and like he's building this kingdom for us, which is just really, really cool. It is cool, isn't it? Hey, do you find it easy or difficult to allow God to be in charge of your future? Like studying this prophecy and understanding that God knows the future, like it gives me courage and hope to be able to let God be in charge of my life. What do you girls think? Yeah, I agree with that. But like sometimes it can be hard too because mm. like mm. sometimes we might think we know what God is wanting us to do with our future and it's not something that we want to do. Yep. Like sometimes he has a plan for us that's different from what we want. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can be hard to accept that. but It can be very hard. Yeah. When we do, it's going to be better than we could have planned ourselves. Yeah, for sure. I think when we get to heaven and God shows us the full plan, we wouldn't do it any other way. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. Well, for me, it, it gives me courage to uh, allow God to be in charge of my future because mm. I've seen – the way that he's worked in the past. So it's easy for me to um, give it to God so he can lead in the future. Okay, i got another question for, for us to think about. In what ways do you think prayer could be helpful during tough times? Have you experienced this? And I know for me, I've definitely experienced tough times in my life. And, yeah, that prayer and that communication with God is vital and it keeps that connection open. And often I think that without that connection, we sort of lose the perspective of what's going on and, you know, those tough times, they become tougher. Mm. So, you know, prayer prayer, and, like, just relying on God in those tough times is something that can really just help you get through. Yeah, and I feel like um, Daniel is a really big inspiration because 
he went to God um, for prayer and God revealed the whole dream to him and, and its interpretation. Yeah, you're right, because like, he was about to be killed, wasn't he? Mm. Yeah. And that was the first thing he did. Just, he went to his knees to pray. Yeah, and just and prayer, I think, prayer, you know, prayer. That's a, um, encouragement for us, yeah. an example for us to be able to, when we're in tough times, to be able to go to our knees in prayer. You know, one more question for us to think about. What have you learned from this study guide that can help you trust God more as you move into the future? Well, we saw like in the prophecy how every single little part of the prophecy was fulfilled mm. in great detail, like every single little tiny aspect happened yep. exactly as God had revealed it would. And um, I just think that that can give us so much confidence that as we move forward in our futures, God is there and he's going to be leading and guiding and that it'll be his His plan and everything will work out for whatever purpose he has planned. Yeah, no, that's the same for me. I mean, you look at this prophecy. There was six things that was to take place. Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome, divided nations of Europe, and then the rock, the second coming of Jesus, right? Five of the six things have already happened. Mm, yeah. So, you know, I mean, I'm not a betting man, but if I was, like, there's some pretty good odds. <laughs> yeah. Like, if the five things beforehand have already come to pass, the guarantee of the sixth is, like, 100%. Yeah. And that's not the only place that um, the Bible predicts that Jesus will come again. There's so many other places that predicts that Jesus will come to this earth again and take us to heaven with him. And we are going to learn about more of that in next week's study. Yeah, so shh, no spoilers. <laughs> but as we finish this study, um, it's always good to respond to what we have studied. And our response question for today is, after seeing the way God understands the future and has ultimate control of the events on this planet, are you willing for him to lead in the future of your life? For me, I've, I've written down, yes, I want to give God ultimate control of my life. I have too because you know, we've seen how amazing the prophecies were today and it's just, you know, he knows big things, which means he knows little things too. Mm, for mm. sure. Yeah, I write yes as well because he's led in the past and he'll lead in the future. Yes, he definitely will. Well, thank you, girls, for joining us with our study. Thank you for all those that are listening to for joining us with our study as well. Um, as we finish, let's have a word of prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you so much that we were able to go through your word. Thank you for giving us this prophecy of Daniel chapter 2 to show us that you know the future and that you are giving it to us to be able to have faith in you. Lord, as we have seen all these things come to pass, we know that you have control of the future. So we ask right now that you take control of our lives, that you lead and guide us to where you need us to be. Thank you for everything that you have done. I pray that you pour out your blessings over us here in the studio and to all our listeners out there that are learning this prophecy for the first time and that they are seeing that, hey, God is in control and that they want to get to know you more. So thank you for everything that you have done. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It has come time in the show to give you the code word for today's free offer. Today we are giving away the book, The Prophecies of Daniel Made Simple. 
If you've ever found Bible prophecy difficult to understand, The Prophecies of Daniel Made Simple is a perfect book for you. Using interesting symbols and thoughtful questions, the author, Seth Pierce, will make the symbolism clear and clarify the unfamiliar terms and explain what the prophecies meant for the prophet Daniel and what they are going to say to us today. We have five of these to give away, so the first five to text the code hash TE14, that's hash TE for Tableland Explorers, and 14. So just one more time, that's hash TE14, no spaces. Text that code to 04888808831 to get your free copy of the book, Prophecies of Daniel Made Simple. Remember, we only have five of these, so be quick to text hash TE14 to 04888808831. Next week in our study, we will be exploring the Bible to find out what the signs of the times are. The Bible says that no one knows the day or the hour of Jesus' return, but Jesus gives us some signs to look out for, and these signs will happen just before he comes back. Join us next week as we explore the Bible to find out what these signs are and to see if they have happened or if they are about to happen. Thanks for tuning in today to Tableland Explorers on Faith FM. If you are not sure about any of the things we've talked about on today's show, we want to encourage you to pray, ask God for clarity, and study the Bible for yourself. As David says in Psalms 119, God's Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. God bless, and we'll catch you next time.